Happy New Year, everyone. You know, New Year is a strange time in people's lives, or at least I find that. We make resolutions, we break resolutions, sometimes all in the same day. <laughs> and uh, it's often a time of reflecting on the year that's just passed and looking forward to a new year and a new season, new opportunities. Many of us are glad to be putting 2020 behind us and believing that 2021 will be a year of uh, stability, a year of rebuilding, a year of the Lord's favor. But as we look to the future, let's not forget the great lessons that 2020 have taught us as well. Coming together as a community for the good of each other, not just ourselves. Um, comforting and praying during times of great tragedy in our province of Nova Scotia and around the world. Coming together, standing for the safety, well-being, and equality of others, especially our black and indigenous friends and neighbors. So let's hold on to these lessons and uh, use them as a foundation, as a platform to go even further in these areas in 2021. Amen? Well, today we are kicking off a new series called Intercession Intersection, choosing to pray in all of life's moments. Every day is made up of moments. There's 1,440 minutes in each day, and sometimes I have more than one moment in a minute, so there's more moments than that. And in many of these moments, we have a choice to make. Will we simply live in the moment, or will we make the most of each moment? In many of these moments, in all of these moments, we can choose to pray. Thanking God for the blessings that are in that moment, or praying that he'll give us the strength to help us make it through each one. Yes, there are moments that are simply just moments, like that moment in the morning when you choose which pair of socks to wear. It's just a moment. But other moments are important chances for us to become more in tune with what God is doing in us and through us. Over the next few weeks, we're going to explore different aspects of life, different intercession intersections, if you will, and how we can choose to pray in each one of them. As we did in the past few years, we're also calling the church to a week of prayer and fasting for this first week in January. Starting tomorrow, on Monday, uh, each day you'll find a short video from one of our pastors on our social media feeds with the prayer focus for that day. And every day we're going to be having a time of prayer that you can join into. Some will be in the morning, some at lunchtime, some in the evenings. You can go to our website or the Church Center app and register for those times of prayer, and the link will be sent to you so that you can join in as well. And then Friday night, we're all going to come together online, not in person, uh, at 7.30 p.m. for a time of prayer and worship, and we're going to have communion together. That will be our opportunity this January, to have communion together as a church, so you won't want to miss being a part of that. Today, I want to lay a foundation for this, both this series on prayer and our week of fasting. 
So let's start right off by praying. Let's pray together that God will open our hearts to his word today. Let's lift together the needs that are represented in our church family and those that have been brought to our attention. I know that we have uh, people that are praying to find uh, employment, meaningful employment. We have others that are are seeking housing opportunities, uh, that need a place to live. There are those that need a touch from God in their bodies. And as we lift these together, we also have praise. God has been doing great things in the life of this church over the past few weeks and months. We have had um, medically verified miracles happening in people's bodies. We have had um, babies recovering from surgery much faster than the medical teams ever expected, being able to be home for Christmas. We've had um, just new job opportunities come to people, real answers to prayer. So we want to celebrate those as well. So let's pray together. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this chance, God, that we have to come together to worship you, to look at your word, to hear from your Holy Spirit, God. And God, as we celebrate the amazing things that you've done in the past few weeks, Lord, these healings, Lord, the quick recovery, the job opportunities that have come, God, we also lift up the needs of the people to you. God, our needs, our friends' needs, our family's needs. Lord, I know that there are some that need a healing in their body. God, I pray right now by your Holy Spirit that you would bring healing in the name of Jesus. God, I know that there are those that are looking for jobs, and I pray right now that you would open doors. God, give them favor. Lord, land those positions in their inboxes, God. God, I pray for those that are seeking hope for this new year, that are maybe feeling a little bit desperate coming out of 2020, but looking forward to 2021 and not quite sure if they can hope that it will be better. God, I pray, Lord, that you would increase hope and faith in each one of our lives. God, I pray that the word today would just resonate, Lord, that it would be your words, not mine, that it would be your spirit, God, that brings change In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. So fasting. Fasting is a setting aside of food for a certain period of time. And for the purpose of what we're doing this week, the time that is normally spent eating or preparing the food, that meal is going to be spent in prayer. There are different types of fasts. There are full fasts where a person doesn't eat uh, anything for a set period of time. Or there's partial fasts, either giving up certain foods or certain meals. For example, there's a Daniel fast where people give up most rich um, foods and eat mostly vegetables, drink water for a period of time. Others may choose to give up a certain meal each day for this coming week. Some people choose to give up other items like TV or the internet and use that time to focus on God and to pray instead. I encourage you to take part in whatever way you feel led this coming week. Dietary fasting has been a part of spiritual practices for thousands of years. There are approximately 40 examples in the Bible with many different reasons uh, why the fasting took place. There was fasting as means of humbling oneself, fasting as a means of repentance before God, 
There was fasting as mourning or grieving, fasting as an aid in prayer, either intercession for someone, uh, personal prayer, or prayer for success in battle or other endeavors. Fasting was a spiritual discipline common in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Some scholars even say that fasting is a condition of life with God. Did you realize that the first sin in the Bible was a violation of dietary restriction? God had told Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and yet they did. There's a Jewish scholar named Nahum Sarna, and he says, Unrestricted freedom does not exist. Man is called upon God to exercise restraint and self-discipline in the gratification of his appetite. One of the ways today that we can exercise restraint and self-discipline is by fasting and dedicating that time and energy to focusing on God through prayer. And I pray that you'll join us this week as we do this. Today, we're going to take a look at Nehemiah and a time in his life when we see him fasting and praying and what we can take away from his example. So turn in your Bibles with me to the first chapter of Nehemiah and keep it open there. I'm going to break up the chapter um, into a few separate thoughts to lay the foundation for our week of prayer and fasting. So first, let's look at Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Verse 1 starts off with, These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. In late autumn in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was in the fortress of Susa. Han and I, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, Things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. For days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. One thing that strikes me here is Nehemiah's heart for Jerusalem. In scripture, Jerusalem is referred to as the city of God, the holy city, or Zion, which means um, the kingdom of God. I believe Nehemiah wasn't just asking his brother about how things were going in Jerusalem, the way that we ask our friends and family, how things going back home. His response was enormous. He wept. He fasted, he mourned, he prayed when he heard this news. I believe God wants to get our attention for the state of his kingdom here on earth. When we hear of another church closing its doors, no matter what denomination, or a pastor who's going through troubles, do we sadly shake our heads and say that's too bad? Do we share that Facebook explaining what so-and-so was up to and how they got themselves into trouble? Or do we sit down and weep? For days, Nehemiah mourned, fasted, and prayed for God to intervene. Do we do the same as his example? When we hear of the stronghold of darkness in someone's life, 
leading to despair, heartache, addiction, sin? Are we driven to our knees in prayer? Nehemiah's heart was already leaning towards God and the ways, his ways. And this report drove him deeper still, both spiritually and in action. And we see this in chapter 2, but for the sake of time today, we won't get into that. But Nehemiah traveled to Jerusalem and spearheaded the effort to rebuild the walls of the city, reestablishing protection around the holy city. My prayer is that God would increase our hearts for the protection and the expansion of his kingdom on earth, and that we would allow him to get our attention, just as the report of Jerusalem got Nehemiah's attention. Now let's go back to Nehemiah chapter 1 and continue on from verses 5 to 10. Here we read Nehemiah's prayer as he concludes these days of prayer and fasting. It's a prayer of repentance and claiming the promises of God. So starting at verse 5. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We've sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I've chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. I believe what we see here is a man who understands the importance of knowing God. Remember, this prayer is coming out of a heart that was broken for the state of Jerusalem. When Nehemiah prays, we see that he knows the character of God. He talks about his unfailing love, his being faithful to his promises, his great power, his strong hand. Folks, it is important for us to know our God, know his character, know his promises for us, know what he requires of us, his servants, in order to weather the storms that come our way, in order to share his love with our friends and our families, in order to claim his promises, we must first know him and know his word. God, increase our hunger for you today. Nehemiah knows God. And he comes to him not just brokenhearted, but repentant. He knows that he has sinned. And that he's not lived up to what God requires. And he rededicates himself in this prayer as a servant of God. I pray that this word today will bring us back to a place of repentance, rededicating ourselves as his servants as well. Let's go back to Nehemiah chapter 1 
And we're going to finish the chapter with verse 11. It says, Oh God, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. Now, I don't know whether those days of fasting and praying and mourning, whether God downloaded a divine strategy to Nehemiah or whether Nehemiah came up with a plan himself, but he just couldn't stay in the Persian palace any longer after he found out about the state of Jerusalem. Either way, we see by this verse that Nehemiah has a plan a plan of action, because he's praying for favor from God, favor with the king. We know from the next chapter that Nehemiah wants to travel to Jerusalem, and again, we won't take the time to look into that today. But in chapter 2, Nehemiah has a chance to tell the king of his desire to travel to Jerusalem and to rebuild the walls. The favor that he needs is huge. It's one of those favors, one of those things that we know it's only by God's hand that it could come to be. He asks the king for time off from his job to be able to go to Jerusalem to be, begin this work. He asks for letters to give him favor with, with other areas that he needed to travel through. He asks for the lumber for the job to do this. It's no small ask. And in chapter 2, verse 8, it says, The king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was upon me. You see, Nehemiah not only prayed and fasted and mourned for days. He not only knew God's character and God's promises. He not only prayed for favor with the king. Nehemiah knew that the only way to restore the city was if the gracious hand of God was upon him. Folks, we cannot reach this city by our own plans. We cannot see God's kingdom established here on earth by eloquent words or fantastic music or the greatest strategic leadership meetings that we could possibly have. It is only by the gracious hand of God upon us and his Holy Spirit within us that empowers us. I recently heard um, a bit of an interview with Christine Kane. Christine is a pastor at Hillsong Church and one of the founders of the A21 campaign, and she recently spoke at a virtual town hall, and she said this, we've got a whole generation who knows how to market themselves, but they are not marked. If you are not marked by God in the prayer closet, you are not going to see God open doors. You must believe that promotion doesn't come from the north, south, east, or west. It comes from God, and God opens doors that no man can shut. And you get that in a prayer closet with the Holy Ghost. That's where you'll get it. And she's referring to Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. And it says, This I know, the favor of God that brings promotion and power doesn't come from anywhere on earth. Another version says, Not from the east or the west or from the desert. 
For no one exalts a person but God, the true judge of all. He alone determines where favor rests. He anoints one for greatness and brings another to his knees. Now, I believe that God has stirred a generation. He has awakened something inside the next generation that the generations before should never let have gone dormant. Young adults are using their voices today for matters that are close to God's heart. And they're doing a great job. But the platforms, young adults, that you stand on must be built in the prayer closet if you want it to be a lasting foundation, lasting change. Otherwise, that foundation will crumble. For all of us, favor in our jobs, favor in our city, favor in whatever plans we devise or God gives us. That favor comes from God and knowing him intimately. And knowing him comes from spending time with him. And that, my friends, is prayer. Time spent with God, pouring our hearts out to him, listening to his heart beating for us. Prayer like we see in the life of Nehemiah. Days of prayer and fasting. Mourning the state of Zion, the kingdom of God. That is what builds the solid foundation of a life lived for him. I absolutely love the last line of this chapter. In those days, I was the king's cup bearer. Do you realize what this means? Nehemiah wasn't a priest. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't in ministry. He wasn't the pastor or the worship leader or even in employment in a church. He had a job. He worked protecting the king. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back at this time. Nehemiah's knowledge of God's character word and promises were not a result of his employment. It was a result of his love for God. His dedication to rebuilding Jerusalem didn't come out of a knowledge of construction or expertise in building. It was because his heart was broken for God's city. He asked for considerable leave of absence from his employer in order to follow what God was asking of him. This type of prayer and fasting that I'm laying a foundation for today is not just for your pastors or for the worship team or for the kids' ministry leaders, although I hope that each one of them makes it a regular part of their walk with God. But this is for all of us who follow Jesus Christ. We are all called to be a part of what God is doing on the earth today. He may not be asking you to leave your job, but he's asking each one of us to do something. By drawing closer to him through prayer and fasting, 
I believe that he'll lead all of us to our part in achieving his kingdom here on earth. And he'll grant us the favor that we need to accomplish it. So this week, the very beginning of 2021, a brand new year, as we dedicate ourselves anew to God in prayer and fasting, let's pray together that God would get our attention regarding the state of his kingdom here on earth and that it would break our hearts as Nehemiah's heart was broken for the state of Jerusalem. Let's pray together that our hunger to know him would increase even as our physical hunger increases when we fast. And let's pray that he'll give us favor, favor in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our city, favor to be a part of building his church in our world. I believe that as we build a foundation of prayer with God, he will move in mighty ways in our lives and in our worlds. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word and for the examples that we find, Lord, in scripture like Nehemiah. And I pray, God, that you would help us to know you more. God, that you would increase our hunger to know you, to spend time with you. God, to listen to your voice. Increase our hunger for prayer, God. God, I, I give you permission to get our attention Lord, let us see what you see in your kingdom here on earth, in our city. God, in others, as we look at them, let us have eyes to see what you see, God. And God, we pray for favor. God, as we make plans for 2021 and the future, God, I pray for favor. God, there are things on our horizons, personally, corporately, together as the church, that will only happen by the move of your hand. God, may your gracious hand be upon us. And God, when we see you move, may we celebrate together. May we give you praise. God, may your name be magnified today, oh God. God, and as we enter this week of prayer and fasting, Lord, give us the perseverance, Lord, to not give up when it seems like things are quiet, that you would give us ears to hear, God, that you would teach us, Lord, how to wait on you. God, we dedicate this year to you. We dedicate this week to you. Have your way, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.